Turn, if you would, to Psalm 60. Psalm 60. Today we'll be looking at Christ is our banner. Christ is our banner. Psalm 60. Psalm 60, verses 1 to 5, we'll read. O God, Thou hast cast us off, Thou hast scattered us, Thou hast displaced, O turn Thyself to us again. Thou hast made the earth to tremble, Thou hast broken it, Heal the breaches thereof, for it shaketh. Thou hast showed Thy people hard things, Thou hast made us to drink the wine of astonishment, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Selah, that they, beloved, or that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand and hear me. Our text there is, Thou hast given a banner to them that fear thee, that it may be displayed because of the truth, Selah. Now a banner is also known in Scripture as an ensign or a standard. An ensign, the standard, a banner. And an ensign is, is defined as an ensign, a banner set up as a trophy of victory for a declaration of war. An ensign is also a banner to fight under. An ensign is also something that they used to put on a hill or, or if the troops were being, were being um, morally beaten, the general would grab a banner and come amidst the troops and stand there with the banner and the troops would rally around them. It often happened in old battles where that would happen, where the general or the standard bearer would rally the troops and off they'd go with fresh courage into the battle. So an ensign is a banner to fight under and Christ, beloved, is our banner. And he's not only our banner, but he's the standard holder. He's the standard holder of the banner too. And he's the banner, banner who we rally around. He goes forth before us. He's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord our banner. The Lord our banner. An ensign is a, is a guide for armies on the march. When armies are marching, usually the ensign or the standard or the banner is, is in the front. And the troops fall Follow that banner. And beloved, Christ is our banner as we march through this world on the way to heaven. He's our banner. We're following him. We're following him. He's the captain of our salvation, Scripture declares, right? And he's, he's leading us and guiding us through this world, this world of woe to our heavenly home. And it's him who we follow. Now the word ensign, standard, and banner are frequently mentioned in Scripture. And sometimes it was understood to be a signal which was exhibited on top of a pole or, or from, a, from a, a, on t a signal from the top of a mountain or sometimes it was a flag or an ensign. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 13. Isaiah chapter 13. And then we'll look at Isaiah 49. Here we see in Isaiah 13 too, lift up a banner upon the high mountain, exalt the voice unto them, shake the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. So here scripture speaks of, a, of an ensign, a banner on top of a high mountain 
for all to see. For all to see. And then look at Isaiah 49.22. It was used for people to gather around. And whether the purpose of a meeting or, or whether it was for when an enemy was coming, it was a token of rescue. It was a public proclamation, or sometimes it was simply a gathering point. Look at Isaiah 49.22. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up mine hand to the Gentiles and set my standard to the people. That's a banner too. A standard is a banner, an ensign. And they shall bring thy sons in their arms. Thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders. This speaks of Christ. He's the gathering point of his people. He's the gathering point of his people, He's the one we gather around. And a banner is generally, again, a standard raised in battle as a rallying point for armies. And God is described as the banner of his people in recognition of his powerful defense of his people. He's the one who defends us. Turn, if you would, to Numbers chapter 2 and then put your finger in Exodus chapter 17. Numbers chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 17. Do you know that the Messiah is a banner raised by God? That Christ, the Messiah, is a banner raised by God? Raised by God himself. To rally the scattered exiles of Israel, his elect people who are scattered amongst the nations. And over here in Numbers 2, we see four great standards or ensigns which are distinguished by their colors or figures. And they were particular ensigns belonging to each of their father's houses or families. Look at this here in Numbers chapter 2, verse 2. Every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the ensign of his father's house. Far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch. Now here, if you want to write down these scriptures for later reference, you can. These four standards or banners are found in Numbers chapter 2, verse 3, that are spoken of in, in, in this verse. On the east side, Numbers chapter 2, verse 10. On the south side, Numbers chapter 2, 18. On the west side, Numbers 2, 25. On the north side. So Numbers 2, 25 is the north side. Numbers 2, 18 on the west side. Numbers 2, 10 on the south side. They're spoken of here. And Christ is the standard bearer of the church, beloved. He's the standard bearer of the church. And he's also the banner of the church. And beloved, he has been so since eternity. It's been so since eternity. The Lord is the banner of his people. He's the rallying point for Israel. Turn, if you would, to Exodus 17. And he was the source of the nation's confidence in battle. He was the source of Israel's confidence when they went to battle. It was him. Look at Exodus chapter 17. And just as he is for the, for the Israel of God, the church, right? He's, he's the source of our confidence, isn't he? Look at Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 to 16. Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out fight with Amalek tomorrow. I shall stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur 
went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Ur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until, going, until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomforted Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nissi, which means Jehovah is my banner. Jehovah is my banner. And he said, or for he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. It is God alone who won the victory. It is God alone who won the victory. And may the Holy Ghost lift him up to our souls, to the souls of his people continually as we battle the Amaleks of our day. Because we struggle every day, don't we? All the time. And Jehovah is our banner, isn't he? He's our strength. He's our defense. Just as he was for the Israelites. He's our Jehovah in this side. He's, he's the Lord, our banner. And in the Hebrew, it's Jehovah is my banner. And again, Christ alone is the standard bearer. He's the chief among 10,000. And he's said to be set up as an ensign to his people to call all the nations from afar. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. He's the ensign to his people to call call the nations from afar, which speaks of the church, which is made up of both Jews and Gentiles. He's the one we rally under. He's the one we're called to. We're, we're, we're looking at that today. He's the one we're called to. By the God of all grace. He calls us to Christ. In Him alone. Look at Isaiah chapter 11, verses 10 to 12. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. An ensign for the people. That speaks of Christ. To it shall the Gentiles seek. Who's the one we seek? Christ. Who's our ensign? Our banner, beloved. He's the one we seek. It's him alone. And his rest shall be glorious. Oh, ponder that. Ponder the rest, beloved, that you who are redeemed, ponder the rest that you have in Christ. And is it not, as the scripture says, glorious? It's glorious. It's absolutely glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations. Who's the ensign for the nations, beloved? It's Christ. Remember, his people are scattered all through every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. Right? And he's the ensign for his people. He's the one we're drawn to. He's the one we rally around. And he's the one we follow. He's leading us right to glory, beloved. 
It's Christ. It's Christ in him. He's an ensign. He's an ensign for his people. And he shall, and he shall set up an ensign for the nations and, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel. That's, we're, we're just a bunch of saved sinners, aren't we? <laughs> oh, my beloved. We're the Israel of God, though. We're his chosen people. And gathered together to disperse to Judah from the four corners of the earth. And he's gathering his people. Even, even today, even now, as the gospel goes forth, he's drawn in and saving his people. It's amazing. It's absolutely stunning. But he does his work. And he draws his lost sheep from all, all different places. Look at us. Look at us. We're all from different walks of life, different personalities, different people. And if we trace back our lineage, we're from different countries, beloved. But God has brought us together and drawn us by his sovereign power. And who has he drawn us to? The Lord, our banner, Christ. Christ in him alone. The ensign is identified in, in verse 1 of chapter 11. Look at this. And there shall come forth a rod of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of the, his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Well, beloved, he is the, he's the, the rod of the stem of Jesse. And look at that. A branch. That's Christ. That's Christ in Him alone. God incarnate in the flesh. And we know that in Him there's neither Jew nor Gentile, but all believers are one in Him. One in Him. He's the head and we're the body. Now with this in mind, turn back over to Numbers chapter 21 and then put your finger in John chapter 3. Numbers 21 and John chapter 3. And remember that an ensign or a banner is not necessarily just a flag. It can be something held up, a standard that's held up. The Romans marched under the eagle. That was their standard. That was their ensign. And the legions marched all over under the eagle. Look at this. Over in Numbers... Over in Numbers 21... Verses 8 and 9. And we know what was happening here. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. So make a serpent and set it upon a pole. Right? It's an ensign. It's a standard. Remember, as I said, the Romans marched under the eagle. Right? It's set up. God's telling them, make it and set it up. Set it up. And set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall what? Shall live. So whoever looked on that fiery serpent, whoever looked upon that, that serpent on the pole, lived. Whoever didn't, perished. Perished. Look at verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole, and came past that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. He lived. Now we've all been bitten by sin, haven't we? We come into this world dead in trespasses and sins. 
bitten by the fiery serpent of sin. And here we have such a clear picture of Christ in the Old Testament, right here, right here before us. The serpent is an ensign, an ensign of deliverance to the Israelites. It's an ensign of deliverance to the Israelites. All who looked to the brazen serpent were saved. So, beloved, Christ is an ensign of deliverance for all who look to him. They shall be saved. Let us now compare John chapter 3 with what we just read in Numbers chapter 21. John chapter 3, verse 14. These are, our, these, are our, these are the words of our Master, beloved. The words of our Master. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So we know right away from these words that that's a picture that we just looked at of Christ, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He's our ensign. He's our standard. He's our banner. Whoever looks to him, lives. Whoever doesn't look to him, perishes. Perishes. And then everybody uses John 3.16. That's a huge verse that people pull out. But, but John 3.16 is the result, is, or is the, the, the purpose way back in eternity that God had for his people, right? For God so loved the world that he gave... The, only, the reason that God gave his son and set him upon the cross for his people is because he's loved his people from eternity. And that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a verse that, that screams eternal security for the believer. Not for everyone in the world like false religionists proclaim, but for the believer. For God set not his son into the world to condemn the world. The world is already condemned by their sin, right? But that the world through him might be saved. And he saves his people who are scattered all throughout the world. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Whoever looks to the, whoever looks to the one. Remember the brass serpent? Whoever looked to the brass serpent lived, didn't they? Whoever looks to Christ lives. They live. They live. He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth on, on him not is condemned already. What does God have to do for a man to go to hell? Just leave him alone. See? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation that light has come into the world. And remember, this is the master speaking this. This is God incarnated in the flesh. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. What a picture, beloved. What a picture. Christ is an exalted ensign for his people. He's a banner for his people. And he's lifted high for us to see. Lifted high above all the heads of man by God himself. And one commentator brings this out, how Christ is an exalted ensign in three ways. In the kind of death which he died, he's death on the cross, which we just looked at in 
in Numbers and John. The second way that he's an ensign one commentator brings out is that in his resurrection and exaltation at the right hand of the Father, there he sits. There he sits. Lifted up high and mighty. Lifted up high and mighty. Head and shoulders over all men in excellencies and perfection. He's God incarnate in the flesh. And who do we look to right now? We look up to Christ who's raised up before in glory in glory Colossians remember in our study Colossians if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God set your affection your heart your mind on things above not on things on earth not on things on earth we're to set our hearts and minds upon Christ who's above who's been raised up and we, we see him raised up in glory he's our ensign still beloved he's still our banner and he's in glory now. And where the head is, the body will soon follow. The body will soon follow. And we just rejoice over this wonderful truce. And the third way that Christ is an ensign the commentator brought out is in the preaching of the gospel. And he's brought out that the, the preaching of the gospel is the pole. It's the pole. And the work of ministers is to lift up Christ. Right? We just lift up Christ. All we do is proclaim Christ. I can't save anyone. I can't even save myself. But Christ can save me. And so, in the preaching of the gospel, Christ is lifted up. Brother Tim, when you teach, you're lifting up Christ. You're lifting them up to, the, to, to those who are there. We know we can't save anyone, but we lift up Christ. We lift up the one who saved us. We lift them up. And there he is. He set forth is the only way of salvation. Because of who he is, he's the God-man. And because of what he's done, he saved poor bankrupt sinners such as me. And I know if you're saved such as you, and he's our redeemer, he's our surety, he's our substitute, he's our mediator, he's our prophet, he's our priest, he's our king. Paul penned it. He's our all in all. He's everything. He's everything. And he's a uniting ensign too. He's a uniting ensign. We all who believe have one captain. One captain. Brother, you were in the military. You know you have one you had one leader above who was above everything. And everything just goes down. We have one leader. One. That's Christ. That's this is his church. We who believe are his people. We are soldiers in his army. And he is a uniting ensign. We have one cause that we want to have go forth from here, don't we? Christ and him crucified. We want the preaching of Christ. We won't settle for anything else. Nothing else. So he's a uniting ensign. And we all serve under who? Christ. We all serve under him. Every one of us here. Every, everyone who is a believer serves Christ. That's who we serve. We serve our captain. We don't serve ourselves. There was a time when we did. Now we desire to serve Christ. To have him go forth. To, to, to see him raised up. That sinners might look to him by his power if it's his will. So our great center of unity is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's a uniting banner. 
He's a uniting ensign. Not only as our captain, but also as our savior and as our redeemer. Because we who profess to believe in Christ, we have one Lord, one savior, one father. It's incredible. Turn, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. And think on this, you who are redeemed by Christ, we all profess to be one in Him. Look what the Scripture declares here in Ephesians 4, verses 4 to 6. There is one body. There's not, a, there's not four or five different bodies, is there? There's one body. One body. And that body is comprised of all the elect, of all the ages. And there's one head. There's one body and one spirit. One spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. One spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. We have one hope. Just one. Christ. And then it goes on to say, one Lord. And notice this, we live in a world where people say, oh, it's okay what you believe. We're all together. That's not what the scripture says, is it? What does it say right there? One faith. Who's our faith in? One faith in Christ and him alone. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father of all. Just one. Just one. Who is above all and through all and in you all. So our center, our center is Christ. The unifying banner for us as believers is Christ. Think of this too. We have one mediator with God. Just one. The Catholic Church, they say they claim to have many. Right? right? Their priests are supposed to be mediators. Mary's supposed to be a mediator. The Bible says there's only one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all. That's what shook my whole bullet. That, that's what destroyed and started to shake the foundations when I was a Catholic. When somebody brought that scripture up to me and said, there's only one mediator, Wayne. And it's not some man you go to. My goodness. The ground just started to fall apart. There's only one mediator. That's the man Christ Jesus. There's only one body of Christ. There's churches out there who claim to be the only true body of Christ. There's only one. And it's made up of God's people. <laughs> it's made up of God's people. It's not a denomination. It's made up of all the elect of all the ages. All those for whom Christ died for upon the cross. And there's only one spirit. The Holy Spirit of God sent from Christ to be our comforter, right? We know that. He's sent from Christ to be our comforter. And who will he teach us about? 
Christ. Christ in Him alone. Christ in Him alone. He illuminates the Scripture. And we have one hope. We who believe have one hope. We who profess to be saved have one hope. If you have any other hope than Christ, you're lost. If you have a hope of Christ in something else, something you do, you're lost. Salvation's in Christ alone. I have one hope. And if you're a believer, you have one hope. It's Christ. Sink or swim. Spurgeon said, sink or swim, I'll trust in Him. Just in Him. Just in Him. One hope. Christ alone. One Lord. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. One faith. That one faith. Who's the object of that one faith? Again, you see, it just keeps coming back to Christ, who's our banner. Christ, who's our ensign. Christ is the one, the one who is the object of our faith. Again, if anyone is trusting in, in Christ plus something they do, or Christ plus their denomination, or Christ plus their doctrine, it's Christ alone. It's Christ alone. Salvation's in Him. One Lord. One Lord, beloved. One object of our faith, Christ. And one baptism. When we baptize, we baptize people in the name of Christ. Don't we? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Him in baptism. Raised in the resurrection. Raised in the newness of life with Him. But it's in Christ again. He's the focus of that. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Which again, pitches our being buried with Christ in His death and raised to newness of life. Beloved Christ is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's, he's the ensign and the banner set up from the foundation of the world for His people. For His people. We are chosen in Him. He's the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's the one we saw in Numbers. That's a picture of Him, beloved. It's a clear picture for believers. He's the one who was raised up. We saw in John 3, 6, or 14 to 15, he's the one who says, I must be raised up. And whosoever look, looks to him, right, lives, don't they? Just like, just like that serpent in the wilderness. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Christ, who is the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world, is sent by the Father and he is the one who is above all, above all, raised up, raised up like a banner. And we are chosen by the Father in Christ in eternity. And he is the center of our unity. Because he is Christ over all. And he becomes, he becomes the believers all in all. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 1. I said chapter 10, I'm sorry. My dyslexia took over there when I looked at the numbers here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1, or verses 10 to 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye, that ye all speak the same thing, same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, so Paul's writing the Corinthians, and there's been some trouble in the Corinthian church, right? 
There's been some trouble in the Corinthian church. So he's writing here in the first chapter again. He's setting forth Christ. But look what, look what he says here. That there be no division. So his heart's desire is that there be no divisions among the Corinthian church. But that you may be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. 1 Corinthians 1.12 Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul. So you've got a group over here saying, I'm of Paul. And then you have a group over here saying, I'm of Apollos. And then you've got a group over here saying, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cephas. And then you've got a group that has the audacity to bring Christ down to the point of these men and says, well, I'm of Christ. Bringing Christ, bringing God incarnate in the flesh down to their level. My. See, they probably thought they were being super spiritual by saying, well, I'm of Christ. But they, here they bought the Son of God down to the same level as Paul and Cephas and Apollos. No, beloved. We should never follow a man. We follow Christ in Christ alone. Look what, look what he says in verse 13. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you, but Cephas and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Now, now here we're going to see the unifying factor of Christ, right? He's the banner raised high by the preacher, right? We raise him up. He's the one. He's the rallying banner for his people. He's the ensign. And he's the standard for his people. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to what? To preach the gospel. Who's the gospel all about? Christ and Christ alone. To preach the gospel. Not with, words, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. So Christ alone is our banner, beloved. Now we're prone to wander. We're prone to wander. We're prone to wander in this battle that we're in. This battle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we're tempted every day. But Christ himself is the banner. Look to him. Look to Christ and Him alone. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank You for this time that we've had together. Oh Lord, may we just continue to look to You who are our banner, raised high by our Lord, by our God, raised high, and, and you, you draw all Your people to You, and You will save all who look to Thee. And we know that Your people, those given to You by the Father in eternity, shall be drawn to Thee. And we praise Your mighty name for salvation that we have, we who believe, which is in you and through you, and, and it's in you alone. Praise your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.